Welcome to Help and Hope, a podcast of CCEF. Welcome to Help and Hope. This is Winston Smith. I am your host and faculty member and counselor at CCF, and I'm joined here today by Tim Lane, who's the president of CCF. And for today's conversation, perhaps more importantly, he is a pastor. And uh, many people might not know that about you, Tim. Yeah. Yeah, I I pastored for 10 years after I graduated, and and prior to seminary, I did campus ministry on a large uh, university campus Mm -hmm. for about three years, Um, and then even in seminary, was involved in in ministry, doing internships. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So... Well, what what I wanted to ask you about, Tim, is, is in your pastor role, I was wondering what your thoughts are on... Uh, how much a pastor ought to be doing counseling. What is the pastor's role as counselor? And I ask that because um, I'm often asked that same question, but but I'm not a pastor. I haven't been a pastor, so I'd rather hear from someone who knows what they're talking about. Yeah, Yeah, there are a lot of ways that you could come at it. Um, One is, first of all, you know, having to define the word counsel. And if, if you're saying, you know, how much should a pastor do more formal professional counseling, well, a lot of that depends on whether or not they've been trained at all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and in most seminary contexts, uh, most of the practical training is preaching. You'll have your, your standard homiletics courses, uh, but uh, more interpersonal ministry of the Word is not something that is a strong suit in most training programs. Um, and so um, you might want to qualify how much a pastor should be doing that if they haven't been wisely equipped. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking about it just in terms of interpersonal interaction, um, I think about the work of the you know the Apostle Paul. Acts twenty twenty said you know he taught publicly and he went from house to house. So he's not only teaching in one direction to listeners, he's meeting interpersonally in a smaller context and having a dialogue. Mm-hmm. And that's pastoral counseling, pastoral ministry. And I would say that that really is a non-negotiable. Every pastor should be doing that. Um, You don't have an option. You can't just say, I'm going to stay in my study, read my commentaries, uh, prepare a a perfect manuscript, deliver it on Sunday, lead a few meetings maybe, but that's going to be the extent of what I do as a pastor. Um, If you're not following a biblical philosophy of ministry, which is public teaching, but also interpersonal ministry, then, then something's not right. Yeah. Um, and that should, be, that should be of concern. Yeah. So you should, as a pastor, part of your calling is to be able to do face-to-face ministry, mm-hmm. meet with people who are, who are grieving, suffering, what have you, and, right. and offer support and help. When, when is a pastor just really up against those limitations of either gifting or training? Yeah. And, and, ha- and, you know, at what point, at what point is that okay? Um, mm-hmm. Rather than just feeling like, well, I'm, I'm contracting out my responsibility right. to somebody else and I'm failing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me say first that one of the great privileges of pastoral ministry, as a pastor, you, you almost, um, almost all the time have natural entree into people's lives because of your your function, your role in the way that they view you. So if you're at the church softball game, church picnic, uh, after a service, um, even if you're meeting one-on-one 
over breakfast or lunch or someone's visiting with you in your office and you know, moving in a more formal direction, just your role gives you entree into people's lives. They expect you to be talking to them about things that matter, mm-hmm. about uh, their sins and struggles, their sufferings, their temptations. What does it mean to change and grow in grace? So the, the benefit of being a pastor is that, and to not take advantage of that is to miss out on one of the, the great joys of pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you've asked the question about experience and, and giftedness. Some people are probably going to be more skilled at pub, public proclamation. Maybe they're not as a relational. Uh, some are going to be more gifted at interpersonal uh, conversations. They tend to be more naturally relational. They may not be as good at preaching. And there's always a give and take. But um, again, you don't you don't ever have an out on either one when you're talking about pastoral care in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you you definitely have to keep in mind uh, what level of training you have, uh, what level of expertise, gifting when you are beginning to bump bump into the ceiling of your ability to help someone well. And so really love calls you to say uh, in humility, I don't think I know as much as I do. And so I need help. And what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, my concern oftentimes is our default as pastors is we bump into something that looks mildly complicated and we say, oh, I think I'm going to shift this one over. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we, we miss opportunities to get involved in sometimes complicated situations where we're going to be challenged, we're going to grow, and we're actually going to actually, we're going to actually see the other person grow. Um, so I, I, you know, while I think there's certainly a place uh, for someone to wisely say, I need uh, someone who works night and day interpersonally with people to be involved with me. And to vet that person. Are they going to be in the same ballpark with me in terms of where they're coming from and their counseling model and methodology? Uh, if there are physiological con- concerns, I'm not going to pretend to be a medical doctor. you know. So I want to make sure that I'm, I'm resourcing in that way. Um, but, I, but I don't want to cut myself out of the mix. I want to, yeah. be, I want to be involved. So it's sort of like you're, you're avoiding kind of an all or nothing way of thinking about it. And, and maybe part of the theology here is that the theology of the body, the broader body, that pastors themselves aren't supposed to be a one-man show. Right. And that their, their leadership and their specific res- duties and responsibilities as pastor don't preclude them from sharing that responsibility with people who maybe have uh, you know, their own gifts and strengths to lend to a problem. So I can think, uh, maybe as a pastor, I can think, in this, even in this particular situation or with this particular person, I'm not the best fit for them. But within the body of Christ, even if it means they, you know, visit the counselor down the street who may be part of another church, we can still mm-hmm. we can still share resources that way. Yeah, I mean, we, we live we don't live in a perfect world, and you know, the the church has not been fully equipped to handle everything, and so you have to recognize that. And you have to recognize that not only corporately but individually. Um, I do remember a situation where I was, um, uh, and this connects preaching with, with counseling. I had preached a sermon. A young woman came up to me afterwards. She was a college student and said, hey, uh, I'm struggling, and can we get together and talk? 
I thought it was a pretty innocent question. Said, sure. Well, I met with her and found out that she had been hospitalized. She struggled with uh, cutting. She was uh, had struggled with uh, eating disorder. A lot of this grew out of an, an experience in her childhood. And uh, I remember thinking, boy, I just feel overwhelmed. And uh, I got on the phone and called uh, a wise counselor and said, what do you think? And the, the person said, you know, this, this could be a real opportunity for you to grow and, and for you to help this person. And sure enough, I started meeting with her. She became close to our family. And uh, we watched God work in her life through that. Mm-hmm. She was still, you know, getting help uh, from uh, a medical doctor We just, you know, keeping up with her medication, and so that was a piece of the the, uh, the care component. But if I had just said, boy, I, I feel overwhelmed, I'm over my head, and, and just punted this person off, I would have missed the opportunity to grow and uh, would have would have missed the opportunity to actually watch this person change. Yeah. No and, wonder, too, if sometimes um, people get the message... Um, I'm so bad mm-hmm. that I'm kind of beyond right. the normal means of yeah. grace yeah. somehow. Yeah. Not that you would ever want to intentionally communicate that to somebody, right. but if we sort of punt too quickly or we don't stay connected in a meaningful way to right. them, it can just feel like, well, you're you're too much for yeah for the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think you know we're we're addressing the issue. You know, is is public preaching enough? And some people would argue, yes, my experience in pastoral ministry is it's unequivocal no. Mm-hmm. Preaching is the beginning of ministry. The Word is very vital and important, but it's just the beginning. And it's got to be, uh, it's got to lead to interpersonal ministry of the Word. And uh, I think um, one of the reasons that's the case is, you know, preaching allows you to speak, but because your audience is usually larger, your application is general. And when you're doing interpersonal one-on-one, it's more dialogical and your, uh, your application be- can be more specific. And this is where most pastors bump up against their training. You know, This was my experience with this woman. I said, well, uh, let's go over the three points of my sermon last week. And she goes, no, no, I got the three points of your sermon. But <laughs> and it was a delightful sermon, That's by right, way. that's right. That, that was on a good day. Um, but it was, but I need to get a sense of how that applies with greater specificity. And it, it pressed me. It showed me, I, I don't know the scriptures as deeply as, as I should. I don't understand the depth of wisdom that's in the scriptures. And so I need to grow. Um, but in one-on-one conversation, she was able to tell me her story, and I was able to d- discuss that story and make application to her story in a way that would have been inappropriate in a public context. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, that public and that interpersonal are, are uh, important for, for, uh, uh, for both. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that um, you know, in addition to that, just that that interpersonal piece really cultivates preaching. You're able to the preaching is is throwing the seed out there. You're able to come along and cultivate that planted seed in interpersonal ministry. Um, and I would say, to get back to a point that you said earlier, that this isn't the sole job of the pastor. This is where your other 
leaders get involved. And they don't just have to be the ordained leaders. Other mature people in the body of Christ get involved in interpersonal ministry. And they're cultivating that, that seed that's been planted in the life of, of someone. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in today, Tim. Yep. This is good. Thank you, Winston. Yep. Thank you for joining us. For more information about CCEF and its resources, visit us on the web at ccef.org. 